And we're back for the Liquor Box Moto Crew Podcast. Whoa, I like that voice. <laughs> that was nice. So, if you guys haven't noticed, we got a special guest tonight. We got Eric Marillo. Hello. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> got some Juggalo stuff going on over here. So, Eric has been riding with the LBMC way before the LBMC. Um... Eric, I'm going to hand it over to you. Just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're riding. All right. Where you been? Where you been? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been in Tennessee for a year and a half. Just got back to Colorado about three months ago. Definitely enjoying it back here way more. Nashville just wasn't a place for riding, really. Uh, Got pretty lucky, though. Uh, Met a guy down there who had 40 acres, and I was building all of my own trails as hard as I could possibly want it really cool stuff uh and being able to do the same trails over and over again really lets you see your progression you can build something that's basically out of your skill set and then find yourself riding that stuff without missing a beat so it was a pretty cool place to be got really lucky with it how's the soil compared to here so all that stuff never really got moved around so it's just years and years of leaf fall going onto the ground decomposing and all those leaves are really oily so it's just super deep dark dirt super slick um grease grease you know so in colorado when it rains you feel lucky because then you have some grip in tennessee if it rained you couldn't ride for two days because it was so slick couldn't touch the front brake couldn't touch the gas couldn't do anything you were just on your face instantly wow (laughs) not even flat ground you could not ride on it it was it was that rough. Sounds terrible. Yeah, you know, it had its ups and downs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ups and downs, literally. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Definitely taught you good brake control. You know, don't jam it. Get real easy on it. Uh, roll onto it. Load up that suspension before you hit the hit the brakes too hard. But uh, it was definitely a cool experience. Definitely a different type of riding than you find in Colorado mostly just because I was building my own trails and they were as tough as I wanted. So a lot of side hilling, a lot of hill climbs. Um, rocks? At the place that I was at, we really didn't have many rocks because it was uh, basically just untouched forest for forever. Okay. Um, so to get to those rocks, you would only find a couple of outcroppings, which, of course, if there's an outcropping, I, I found it and I cleared it out so I could ride it. But there just wasn't that many. It was uh, mostly just tire width side hill trails. Sweet. It was good stuff. Cool. So, uh, Eric, you are the youngest in the group. I am. I'm 24. But you also ride the oldest bike. I do. That's a 2001 RM250. The Suzuki's doing pretty good these days. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Minus some... Holes in the pipe. Looks like shit on the outside. It's pretty good inside. I take care of it. Runs like a top. It does run pretty good. Once you figure out how to jet a carb, it's uh, not too hard. Folks, this kid never misses a beat. Kickstarts that thing like it's going out of style and is right there with everybody. Every time. You know, after you put 60 hours on a piston, you know, you lose a little bit of compression. Turns on first kick every time. That's sick. (laughs) No, no. So this kid can actually set up a bike really well, and he rides a bike better than me, Brian, and Kevin. Ah, sure. Brian's a little better. Goddamn kids and their energy. It's a little yeah. better. <laughs> I'm right, just, he'll get old. Just wait. I'm just over chasing kids through the forest anymore. Yeah, I'm okay with it, dude. It's all right. Well, you're old, so. It yeah. keeps me young. Let's keep it driving does. this Daisy it back does. there, dude. Yeah, you came in with a limp today. Well, yeah, pulled the fuck out of a ham- hamstring. Why the fuck do you think you're about the radios? One of you guys is supposed to run the radio. I'll just sit at the back. Like, <laughs> I'm coming. So, Eric, you're kind of newer to the Wyoming area. Yeah. How do you feel about like Wyoming compared to Colorado? So it seems like they let you do a lot more with the forest out here. All of the trails, um, you know, they have logs down on it, which is awesome. I find it a little frustrating in Colorado that you can't have, there just aren't that many trails that are really difficult. You have to drive pretty far, you know, off the top of my head. I could maybe think of five that challenge me a little bit, 
and the rest of them are still awesome, super fun, really great trails to be on. But there's just nothing that's really going to push you to your limits, um, you know, once you feel comfortable on a bike. If you're really comfortable on a bike in most situations, there's, you're not just going to find super hard stuff. I find a lot of those trails back in Colorado since we're from there originally. Um, there's a lot of challenging parts to the trails down there. Yeah. And they're super fun and there's a lot of them and high elevation stuff and mm-hmm. creek crossings, you name it. But overall, the trails aren't that difficult down there. What makes Albany specifically, if we're going to talk about it, difficult is the logs. Yeah. yeah. And you're constantly fighting logs plus those obstacles in the rain. The it, rain. Yeah. It just those logs it makes for better. like you said a more technically difficult trail and whether it's endurance or technical a little both in my opinion absolutely you know yeah it really brings your balance into key you know you hop over a log you need to stay on those pegs because guess what you got another log yeah. you know six inches from your front tire after or that. a rock garden yeah yeah you know yep well I think Colorado has probably got a lot larger group. way more trails than we do you know more trails, more miles, more people though. You yeah. Know, going back to the '90s when this was a bootleg trail, there wasn't very many people that knew about it. There was a very small group in Colorado that knew about it, and then your Wyoming dudes. So we could make it as dumb as you wanted, and you know, a lot of the guys that started that didn't mind having logs in there. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of that's just the way it is now. It's just it's going to have logs. Albany without logs. Doesn't exist. It wouldn't be only. Yeah. Not fun. Uh, so, Eric, you've also raced. Just like two races, very minimal. Um, so not super big into the scene, but hoping to get more into it. You and Ep are the only two that have raced legit races. Ep, mm-hmm. uh, you were on RMAC since like eighteen ninety for a long time. And then, Eric, just kind of tell us a little bit about your race experience. Because you're kind of like us. You don't, you're not really into the scene. You just like dirt bikes. Yeah. You just like riding. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I uh, met this guy riding at a Mishta. He did a whole bunch of races, was really new to riding, but he just got into it really, really, you know, big time. That's all he cared about. So I met him. We rode together a lot. He got into the racing scene. I moved down to Nashville. There's a big race out there, uh, you know, Tennessee Knockout. Everybody goes to it. It's part of a big series. Adam was racing it, and he convinced me to join it. So that was the first race I ever did. It was really, really tough. Uh, from what I understand, the year before it was not hard enough. Everybody complained, you know, it needs to be tougher. So that next year that I raced it, they really <laughs> put the hammer down. Uh, it was extremely tough. It was August in Tennessee, so you know it's 80, 85 degrees, very humid, really hot. So more than it is in a skills race, which it totally is, but it's just overall endurance and conditioning. You have to be able to handle the heat. You have to be able to keep pushing. You know when you're overheating, you're dehydrated. That was probably the biggest part of it. Was I hadn't really gotten into focusing on hydration, uh, you know, adding salt into the mix, carbs into your water and stuff like that. So anyways, it was very hot, sweating all the time, got about halfway into the race, which the race isn't that long. It was maybe 15 miles and I ran out of water. So it took me three and a half hours to do the race. And most of it was just me dying on the side of the trail. You know, I was so (laughs) dehydrated that I felt like I had to pee and you try and pee and nothing comes out. Mm -hmm. So like things are bad at that point, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, you keep going. I'm not going to not finish this race. What, you know, of course I'm going to keep going. Um, but made it to the end was just, you know, extremely dehydrated. Everything was cramping. (laughs) Um, definitely one of the toughest things I've ever done. If I were to go back again, I would, try and focus on the hydration a little bit more and maybe stash a water pack somewhere along the way. Um, but that, that was definitely the biggest part of it. Okay. There is, side note, there is video out there of Eric splitting 
a herd of people three quarters yeah. of the way up this hill. I did do that. Dude, One you got to get out of the way. Of seen, bro. Bro. It he was sat fun. there for a minute and was like, no, nah, I'm done with this. Get out of the way. Push yeah. some people and just, yeah. <laughs> Let her eat. That was so, good. Eric, you can tag your yeah. roommate. Sure. Yeah, Adam Adam Mishta. Um, Adam does dirt bikes. He's a really cool guy. Uh, you know, if you're in the racing scene, you know him. If you ride dirt bikes, you've probably heard of him. Um, doing really cool stuff. He's doing B class racing. Just awesome guy. Uh, go go chat him up if you see him around. Yeah, Cha-cha. and so when you met Adam, uh, was that down in Colorado Springs? Is that where you met him? So that, we were down in Penrose. Okay. Um, yeah, we were riding. Uh, independence trail uh just you know the gnarliest rockiest stuff that they have down there that was back in the day when i had uh drz 400 still yeah just absolute pig of a bike Uh, is in love (laughs) just got started on the tough stuff and uh i met adam riding uh independence and he had a subaru brz with a trailer on the back and a dirt bike on the back you know you've never seen one of those before so i'll stand in there taking pictures he rolls up and he's like you want to ride together and of course so went down on independence and just had a great time and then you know super cool guy so we just kept riding together and we were at a very similar skill level it's really nice to have somebody that's at the same skill level that you are so you can continue to push each other back and forth you know i'm a little bit faster on the fast stuff and he's a little bit faster on hard stuff so everywhere we go there's always one person that's pushing the other that's really hard to find it's key to success right there yeah absolutely you're just smash and grab kevin so i don't know what you're talking about kevin's the fastest sit down rider you've ever seen in your life Kevin sits down when you have to sit down, and Brian, me and you, like, we have to stand up. I can't ride sitting. I can't do it either. I just feel like I'm getting pushed around. (laughs) Epps will blow your doors off sitting down. I'm sure he will. It's the weirdest thing I've heard. But he is fast (laughs) as fuck. You gotta watch him on the video, because when you're watching him, like, take off from you down the trail... Like, he's sitting down. Why is he so much faster? But then you watch the video, and he sits down when it's opportune and, like, that prime time to sit mm-hmm. down and get the rear wheel weighted. Mm-hmm. Or have you just developed that because you're from 1880s? From a long time ago, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Dude, I used to ride with Floyd Stretch, a bunch of uh, Scott Stretch back in the day. And if you, you'd see them stand up only when they absolutely had to. Floyd Stretch, he's since passed on, but old-timer that was fast as hell in the senior class and just flat would boogie, boogie through the trees. And his Sitting down. Like, yeah. So his did kid, you begin riding track or were you always doing trail? No, always trail, dude. Okay. The only time I rode track is when we were there, we'd slide our bikes underneath the fence. And, yeah. Yeah, so, Eric, uh, when you used to come over from the east to the west on the tracks you had to bring your covered wagons yeah kind of trails that apps used to ride on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's just old just boondocking on 1975 yz80 that's what started it really yeah so this guy was riding ghetto stuff before so ghetto stuff was backcountry action yeah. yeah nobody cared you could ride wherever you wanted that's the best stuff way yeah. back when Oh, and he's a Laramie local, been here forever, and if anybody knows Laramie, you know there's really not much you can not do up here. Yeah. But it's yeah. questionable what you can and can't do up here, but... For sure. You know, Don't rape, pillage, plunder, all that, but otherwise, I mean, like, you can ride your four-wheeler down the street in Laramie, and nobody's going to say a You thing. can license your snowmobile in the wintertime up here. Oh, yeah, 100%. Street yeah. legal. Yeah. Whoa, look at that. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. crazy. Wyoming still sucks, though. Yeah. Don't come here. Yeah. It's a terrible place, dude. Yeah, it sucks. Like I'm wild, hating my time up here. Yeah. It's the wild west. Yeah. The wind. The cold. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Where are we at in life here on this podcast? I don't know. Marillo's um, race. Getting, we're just getting warmed up. Marillo. Yeah. TKO. Dude, you got to relax in your Michael Jackson jacket. This is good stuff. I stole fly. this from one of my like friends it. in high school. Still I like it. it. That's fly. <laughs> it's good. Hell yes. He's like straight armed. 
What's the what's the other race you did? You did TKO. Yeah, so I did a Warren race in Tennessee. It's Winter Off Road Nationals, so it's more like GNCC style uh, type thing. Uh, okay. The format was that you had two hours and you had to do as many laps as you possibly could. I think it was an eight mile lap, um, but it's all you know minimum speed that you're going there is 15 miles an hour. And, you know anything from 15 up to top out and fifth. Um, so that. I didn't have the most fun. It was, uh, you know, something cool to do, and it pushed myself because uh, I didn't really know what I was getting into, but my only goal really was to not stop for the whole two hours, um, which I did complete that goal. I entered beat class. You know, I was kind of wanting to go see, but my riding buddy down there, he was like, you know, don't be a bitch. Let's just do beat class. And I'm <laughs> glad I did, you yeah. know. I like your friend. <laughs> I, I didn't place at the bottom of the B. I placed close to it, but I didn't place at the bottom, so we're doing all right. You That's know? what counts. Um, Keys to success. Yeah, now. exactly. Uh, but, you know, it was interesting. So most of the stuff that I really like to do is all single track, and this stuff was uh, just, you know, hills of Tennessee, but the whole track itself was just freshly plowed by a bulldozer. So it was just two track wide, nothing too technical, just going fast. Um, but it was all smooth at the beginning, and then by the end of the fourth or fifth lap, it was all super rutted out. So it was interesting to watch the track progress and get gnarlier as you go. And you have to watch out for those larger ruts because obviously they'll suck you in. Um, and so one thing that I found interesting was all those guys were extremely fast, you know, mm -hmm. just monsters. Had no care in the world for passing trees at 40 miles an hour. Um, I don't like to do that stuff so much. Once I get over 35, I'm like, I'm going to take it easy. Same, um, same. But so all, the whole course was uh, open to everyone. Like the ATVs raced later, but they were still racing on the same course. So there was nothing too difficult out there except for some sections that they had marked off with, you know, orange X's seeing super difficult. Be careful. This is crazy. And they warned us like five times before we went out. And, of course, I write hard stuff, so I'm like, this can't be that bad. Guess what? It wasn't that bad. It was totally fine. I made so many passes just hitting the difficult stuff, and I don't, you know, obviously I do the hill climbs and stuff, so it, it's easy for me. But it was interesting to see people that were way, way faster than me on the entire rest of the course where I would just pass eight people because they didn't think they could do this when they totally could. So yeah. that was an interesting part of it. It's pretty cool. We see quite a few desert racers and faster guys come up to the Albany Trail. They follow the back of the pack real quick when it gets technical. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's just Albany though. I think it's just in general. Yeah, when it gets technical. Nothing against the desert racers, because dude, way more balls than I got. They're a breed of their own. I, going, I, 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 I way I more balls than I got. Yeah, going sody fast through like sand. Yeah. shit like that like that's a different game yeah Mike and me were laughing when you said you know you're in fifth gear wide open Mike and me yeah like, sorry like, we'll, there's we'll, five gears we'll in back the back up a second <laughs> we, were, we were confused because yeah, we were like five where's the extra one you know sorry I don't get that traveling gear I don't get that road gear <laughs> we don't like I, dude I very seldom use fourth I just don't want you know, to go fast it's not my thing <laughs> So like yeah, I know I got six in there, but I don't really want to use those top three. You know, I won't get too far into fifth. Yeah. Does Frenchy have a six gear? Mm -hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean anybody who's recent obviously has a six gear. What are you doing if you don't? I used I, I ordered I had two KTMs that I had had closed ratio transmissions put in them. Because I didn't want that. I and I would gear them way the fuck down. Just because I wanted all, all you know, second. I wanted second to be my first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Third, and then fourth, and then now I just... Kind of like your women. Just ride. <laughs> just ride it, wagon. <laughs> just fucking ride, man. <laughs> but if you, do, if you do carry that third a little bit more, and that fourth a little bit more, it'll get you that next corner a little bit faster. Just food for thought. Yeah, I know. Piss off. Yeah. Piss off, then. I'll so, get to that corner when I get to that corner. I'm just saying. That's uh, just what I was telling Brian. Uh, Eric, uh, sorry. What? Go ahead. 
Well, so I was going to say, I just met Nicole Bradford. She did a whole bunch of RMEC stuff. I'm sure you've got beaten by her before. She passed um, me once. I, once or <laughs> twice, I'm sure. Um, but so I was doing a little bit of riding with her, and I, she told me a lot of interesting things. Um, one of the things is that a lot of times people get into a trail speed where they go through corners, and there's nothing too extremely difficult. But then when you get out into a straight where you could give it some power, you don't necessarily give it that power because you're on that trail pace. Um, so one thing that I found really cool that she said was anytime that you have the ability to go full throttle, just make it a game to go full throttle. So that 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 helped out a lot. It, it kind of gives you the idea that being aggressive on the throttle isn't a bad thing. If you can go faster, just go faster. Yep. As long as you can break in time and you're not being dangerous. If you can go faster, just go faster. Yep. It pays out we were talking about today going across a section of uh bruce um you're better off going faster through some of that stuff yeah a lot of the little stuff just kind of disappears you slow down and Mm -hmm. then you're back to ground zero and you have to regain momentum yeah if you stay at a faster speed it tends to be a hell of a lot easier there it is crack that bad boy the mountains are blue (laughs) delicious yeah um so i rode yesterday and some of the sections i usually go slow through i just decided to go faster through just because and i would agree with that like getting on the throttle when you can go faster helps a lot yeah like a lot of the riding that i was doing before I moved to Tennessee, after I moved, when I moved to Tennessee, I started riding a little bit quicker than I did in Colorado. I mean, Colorado was just all technical. I didn't really care about going fast. When I got out there, I was riding with a guy who rode track all the time, and obviously he wanted to go fast. And guess what? I wanted to keep up, so I had to get faster. Um, so my riding style definitely changed a little bit, but it just made me more comfortable with getting on the throttle and. Uh, learning how to brake, especially you know, if you're going to go fast, you got to know how to stop. No yep. doubt, that was a learning curve for me. Fuck, it still is. It's still something I focus on all the time. You know, just trying to be hyper aware of when that front brake is locking up and you know yeah. bringing it back in the traction. Front brake. If you're coming, front brake, boys. It's it's the key. If you're coming into a corner and you don't feel it skip a couple of times, you're probably not going hard enough. Yes. And hey man, I'm, hallelujah. I'm getting better at using that front brake. It's when yeah. I'm in a mad lean that I'm like, mm, I don't know. You start using your front brake a lot more, yeah. you will go faster. Oh, yeah. It helps. It's just terrifying coming from the mountain bike world because in the mountain mm-hmm. bike world, that front brake's death. We use it, but it's way easier to drag because it's mm-hmm. only a 210 millimeter disc mm-hmm. compared to God knows what I'm running on a moto. I couldn't tell you. But something, but it's 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 just a big difference in what it does. Well, the moto, instantaneous. The mountain bike, you're like me. You get know. You'll I mean, get it. I told you guys in the last in episode six. You guys have from the first time I started riding with these cats. Uh, night and day difference. Because we were night just using rear brake. <laughs> All rear brake. Night and day difference with their speed. They've always been good technical riders. They could ride this stupid technical shit like no, no problem. That was like in their briar patch, but now it's they're, they're getting their speed. It's because I got a follow sitting down jack over here at ninety miles an hour. Well, that's the thing. You ride with somebody who rides a little bit differently than you, and then you go, "Oh my god, they're so much faster than me. Why am I not that How? fast? How? Why? Do I, what the fuck yeah, am I doing? What wrong? can I do? Yeah. The, only, oh, yeah. the only advice I can give you is if if you're riding with somebody faster and you know they're faster, stay with them as long as you possibly can. And watch when they're braking, how hard they're braking, how hard they're accelerating through the apex of the turn. Uh-huh. See how they're loading into, a say, a rock garden instead of braking into a rock garden. Probably accelerate into a rock garden. And then you just try to mimic what they're doing. Yeah. And trust mm-hmm. me, yeah. it'll, it'll all come. That's how well, I got faster in Ray, got faster in such and such, got faster in such and such. I'm pretty soon I was like... But if you want to do a race, you know, if you want to progress in the race series, mm-hmm. you're going to have to keep pushing yourself. If you're not that type of person that pushes yourself, you know, like, I got to keep 
I got to throttle harder. I got to do this, do this. Yeah. You're going to have to keep finding somebody that is always faster than you. Yep. And then you're going to get to where you're at that A level or double A pro level. So on and so forth. Yeah. That's lots key. of seat time. Uh, yeah. A lot of the times in high school and in college, I was generally the fastest person in the group that I was riding with. And by no means, I'm not fast, you know, barely B class, maybe C class rider. And then when you start to get good enough to really ride with people who are really good, mm-hmm. then you go, oh, shit. Yeah. There's so I much more nothing. possible. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I thought though. that was hot shit. It's, it's 100% true, though. So part of that, though, um, suspension. So Eric and me are on stock suspension. Hodgepodge, but yeah. Yeah, basically hot pots. Um I've got an O one, you know. But you gotta do what you can with what you can get. Yeah. Kevin, you're on craft. No. Factory suspension works. True. Um but Brian, you just had yours done front and rear by Alpine XC. Yep. How do you how do you like that compared to so we both have the same bike. We rode both bikes. Yeah. Um, as soon as you got them on and the difference definitely is there and you adjusted yours but how do you feel about like getting it revalved getting it resprung if it's a question of money you ain't taking the money to the grave but you just spend it well worth it amen Um, as far as was it worth it the money 100% uh, I got a little bit of adjusting still. Blue mountains. Um, I got a little bit of adjusting in the front to do. I was talking to Eric about today, trying to get a bit of advice and poking his suspension brain. Yeah, you've always hated moving clickers, which you should learn to not <sighs> hate. Because Brian is... I like to set it and forget it like an yeah. easy bake oven. He's like yeah, George true. Foreman. Yeah. Mine, I always change. I move them all the time. So I, that... I knew guys like that. We're gonna. It's gonna be nothing but rock gardens. Click, 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 click. Yeah, they know exactly where to set it. You and I are on the same boat. Yeah, yeah. I find that happy medium somewhere and just. I tried to help you that one time. Yeah, yeah, fucker. So, right out of the gate, I could tell the difference. That WP suspension is amazing. Out of the box when I bought that bike, I was like, holy shit, I didn't realize motos could be this amazing. And I'd been years off of a moto, so it was nice. But from that to the Alpine XC with their valving cones and all the nonsense, I couldn't even tell you what it all is. Huge difference. Like, at slow speed, it feels like a Cadillac. It just, like, hugs the ground, never bottoms out, is always when I want it there, feels plush the whole setup. High speed, same thing. It's like bottomless, but soft. It just like the difference between what that stock suspension was and what this is now, complete complete night and day difference. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell right away. Can't tell it really on the two drag and like boring stuff, but the minute you put it through some punishment, it was like, mm-hmm. ew. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'll tell you what, my hands feel fucking great. Good. Great. I'm on like death gripping on that chatter suspension like <laughs> this was kind of nice I was able to like ease up and relax a little bit more yeah, yeah. and coming off that stupid jam finger this thing's such a little bitch well it's it's been nice it's great I recommend you do it Mike I don't think you should also the, think you should lower your rear suspension the thing that we never do is mess with the rear yeah. Suspension. I should probably add that in there. Not pause. Sounds really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you never mess with it? So, the rear has never been the problem on the KTMs. Yeah. Uh, it's always the front. Sure. So, I should probably mess with the rear shocks more. you just talking about clickers? Everything. Trying to maybe balance the rear end. Yeah, the so we, we yeah. set the sag. Um, you should go a couple millimeters shorter. I, th- I got short legs. Well, just like 
I'm, that's not going to be the difference there. The difference is going to be in the way it rides. You guys need to grow up. <laughs> you guys got long legs. We got short legs. We're gonna. I'm not that tall. We're gonna. We're gonna run a little bit. No, your we, uh, of my length is in my torso. I did get some easy, free deals you can do to yours to make it about three quarters of an inch lower off a of gel. So you should try it. You would benefit from it. You're constantly yeah. falling over because you're. It's too tall, and yeah, you got your sacks well, up for I'm your height. But you want to hear a way to get some height out of your bike? Seat. Cut the seat. Yeah, Mikey's yeah. scared. Don't get rid of your suspension. You're going to lose clearance. You're going to lose overall travel. It wasn't I designed agree, to yeah. do that. Cut your fucking seat. Joe has uh, something he was explaining to me today. I'm not going to talk about it on the air. But, recluse? Uh, it is a recluse. I'll, well, I'll give it up. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, Don't recluse. Don't at WP, there is a way that you can drop down three quarters of an inch without losing any of that travel or any mm. of that nonsense. And it would benefit a guy like Mike who's right on the border of being just not tall enough but not yeah. small enough to spend that money on having you know factory connection or something drop it that actual inch mm-hmm. yeah you know and still be able to use full travel so but you could cut three inches out, out of your seat, seat for sure no. you're talking about three quarters dude Mike's a lazy piece of shit he's gotta seat. sit down a lot he stands up a lot he does Stands up way I, fucking more. You than guys me. do a good job of that. I do Those have road a, rides out, dude. I ride the shit out of that seat. Oh, I mean, I do too. When I'm just like way up front. Yeah, I do have works. a lowered seat that's like three quarter inches lower, but I hate riding it because it's only for like Fourth of July because Ron's on top all the time. For sure. <laughs> and trying to ride that thing, it's slippery. It's a paddy wagon. I mean, at the end of the day, you should be comfortable on your bike. Yeah. No, that, more than anything is going to take you places. And if like being comfortable is not the norm or what everyone else says, do whatever's comfortable for you because you should enjoy your time on the seat. Yeah. If you're not getting shook off. That's it. for sure. You know, like, how did you yeah. feel when you rode that X trainer, the chassis? It was. But they did loader that one for Keith's yeah. wife. But the cockpit was nice. But the overall like feel of the bike was too small. Why'd you put so much emphasis on cock? Just curious. Kevin's staring at me like <laughs> I'm like, where are we going with this? He's like, let's go back to town. Uh, we gotta go back to that bar and get our food again. No. <laughs> I was like, sorry, buddy. You're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. Uh, uh sorry, I sidetracked this. No that that Beta X Trainer was nice, but it just felt too small. Um, going back to like mountain bikes. How tall are you, Mike? Five seven on a good day. Five eight if I wear Kevin's heels. So you are close to where that stock seat height of ninety yeah. percent of bikes is a little out of your reach. So that's the hard part. I do have a lower seat, which I should put back on. Just get the fucking... I know America's great and all, dude. I love it too, but it doesn't need to be on your seat. You can change your seat cover for like $20. Right there. $20? Gripper. Dude, I'm getting that seat concept seat with the like fat flare out for my fat ass. Yeah. You never sit down. (laughs) Fuck, it's going to be great. Wasting money. I actually wrote a couple of buddies that have one. You and, wrote a uh, couple of buddies? For sure. Yeah. And I liked that little flare-up. Dude gave me so much more pinching force, especially in those like wheelie situations. Where, do, where does it flare out? Is that for your knees or lower back on the seat? It's like further towards the back end of the seat. Like a seat bump? It just creates a saddle. No. Oh. Seat Concepts makes a seat okay. where the back of it, yeah, kind of flares out yeah. so that, like, your butt cheeks have a place to sit. But it's real lowish swoop uh, over your butt. Well, it's not, no. like, giant, you know, So, so it's out. just for comfort. It's not necessarily for grabbing with your legs or anything. And the buddies that I know that have them, I was like, does that bother you when you get technical, that yeah. little flare out on the seat? And they were like, no, it's actually nice because now I have, like, better place to grip where I'm not gripping plastic on the side of this, you know, frame. Mm-hmm. So I rode it a couple times, and I was like, damn, this is, like, actually nice. You can, like, grip a soft seat with your knees instead of the side of the freaking bike, you know, and the plastics. And the yeah. It's 
kind of nice. Again, well, to each their own, but I, I did enjoy it. And that thing is cozy. Shout out, seat concepts are the best. Oh, their seats are. I got great. it on my sled. Remember at the snow show else. when I tried to hand you the seat and it was some random guy? <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's nice. No. Check it out. The one on my sled is amazing. The traction from the like Gripper. fabric they use. It's like little goosebumps. Mm. And then uh, they use a really nice foam that's like super plush. Whoa. Super plush but thin so you can keep height down and stuff. Yeah. 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 Having, nice. having a good seat cover definitely makes a big difference. Huge that's difference. pretty cheap. Pretty cheap mod. I believe it or not, boys, I think I might actually change mine this winter. Well, I need to do mine too. It's all tore up really bad. Mm -hmm. Mine's had that whole sense of when I started, you know, riding it. I put Character. that whole, the first day that I rode that bike. The very first day? The very first day. I put that hole in the seat. It's still there? Yep. Damn. I went to Tennessee for a year and a half, and guess what? The same hole's still there. Mm -hmm. Same. <laughs> I remember it. Like I always say, I left that hole there so that every time I go to throw the leg over, it reminds me, Brian, you're an old man, slow down, chill out, don't do this kind of shit again. Because I was all hot pepper on a brand new bike down a road, and log in the road. That tree came out of nowhere. Holy fuck, it almost killed me. Oh, no. It was bad. It was just a road? Not even a trail? It was, I was No, it was up and ran. We was were Rand. getting out on a, it was Rand where you got the hole, because mm -hmm. we were coming out of a trail on a fire road, and just kind of figuring out dirt bikes and just seeing how fast we can go. And First time I, like, we'd been on an actual single track for an hour and a half, and I would, like, never got out of second gear on that section of the single track. Mm -hmm. So when we got onto this two track back to the truck, I was like, let's see what this new bike will do. I lit her up and literally right out of that corner I come out of it in third gear just wah and I look up fucking like four foot tall tree across the road I'm like shit I Doesn't pitched, get you. pitched it 90 degrees sideways I did the chocolate starfish over <laughs> and the bike stayed right against the tree and mm. I literally landed on my feet and ran it out like wiping the forehead like holy shit well I can't do that again so that's why I kept that seat tore because it yeah. happened in that incident and I was like it reminds me to chill the fuck chill out, out dude. yeah don't go getting yourself hurt you know what I mean yeah don't fucking look at me like that a bullshit a bullshit I, I ride within my comfort zone and when I step out I make fuck sure that you, you guys man. are there last and time watching we rode ran. so that I don't die on my own at least last time we rode ran what happened in ran we were both going way too fucking fast for a trail ride Oh. Did you fall? No, we didn't fall. But oh. we, there you go. It was full on getting it. It was spicy. When we got done with that section of the trail, like we both took our helmets off and gave each other that look like... That was too much. Were what? you terrified? <laughs> Why are we going this fucking fast? Yeah. 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 What is the point to this? Yeah. That was like preseason... Yeah, that was our first run, right? I think right after everything got cut. And That's their problem, Eric, because they're like, mm, "We got to go fast," and I'm just like, "I got a whole season, so." I love going fast, dude. What happens? I want to get faster every single time. I, I do too, but These it's like first right run of the season. Eric and me, the minute we hear someone behind us, we're like, "Well, I better go faster." <laughs> I better go faster. Yeah, and then it just becomes a game because the guy behind you is like, "Oh, he wants to pick up the pace." Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's how it goes when me and Adam ride. Every time we go out and ride, we're like, all right, we got this plan, right? We're going to go and practice this. We're going to take this loop. We're going to keep riding. We're not going to stop for an hour and a half, you know? And then as soon as we hear another person behind us, me or Adam, it's just like, all right, race time. It's race time. We're not going to do any of these things that we had planned. Yeah, we're just it's racing. A race it's a race time. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's funny. It's good stuff. It's a good time. As long as you can learn when shit's starting to get south and check yourself you know what i mean check up we were talking about yeah. today eric like there's a time when i gotta just give up on eric and be like nah bro you fucking go ahead i need a minute to just kind of chill back here and yeah collect my thoughts oh absolutely uh you know i haven't had too many rides recently where i felt like i was like going past my limits there's definitely one that i can remember uh very recently it was near silverthorne super awesome single track 
perfectly groomed. It's only open for like four months out of the year. So it's just really good stuff, all barred with trails. So it opens up and you're fucking flying down like 30, 35 miles an hour. And you're literally smacking trees the whole time. But it's so much fun because the trails are so awesome. And uh, me and Adam definitely threw all caution to the wind. You could tell by the way we were riding, it was getting dangerous. It was way too fast. That was one of the best days ever. When they work out, they are the best. So good. Yeah. It's like that day I ran. We made it out of there, dude. Yeah. But goddamn, it was scary. (laughs) Probably, that reminds me how we were like, you get in a comfort zone. Yeah. And it, I'd, I'd kind of quit racing. I was going to one here or there. The last bike that I'd raced was a, it was an 03 CR250. I didn't even put a tank on it. I didn't put skid plate on it. I didn't put an O-ring chain on it. I just put bark busters on it, and that was it. And we were racing a race, one of uh, Scott Wright's races. Yes! Sound of success. And uh, I looked on who was on each minute and uh ron schmelzy international six days rider super fast colorado dude dude is wicked fast it's like fucking schmelzy's on the minute behind me so every test i'm gonna have schmelzy just you know first test never caught me which i felt pretty good about that i was like yeah mind you i wasn't training anymore i was hardly riding anymore i was in the it was in the vet a Second test, I hear this bike coming on. I was like, yep, that's schmelzy. Like I said, watch the fast guys. So I was like, gave him gave him the trail. You know, do it if you got a faster guy coming up. Get out of their way, gave him the trail. So I'm gonna see how long I can hang on to Schmelzy. And I hung on to him through that whole test. He was pulling very little, but I was braking when he was braking and accelerating when he was accelerating. And listening to the tone of his bike it was a YZ250 I think and I was just I've not got my throttle open enough mm-hmm. <laughs> my bike isn't sounding as loud as his bike mm-hmm. I ended up at, in every test for the rest of that day Smelzy would come up catch me within a couple minutes and then I just try to tag on to Smelzy by pushing your limits and I was pushing my limits because I was like holy fuck I'm out of my bounds I've been racing the A250A Vet A for years. Well, when I got into Vet, I was just kind of like, you know, wasn't even getting in the top 10. I got Vet A. I blew Vet A out out of the water. I got fourth overall that day. No shit, just from following. Just for pushing myself to that next level of, you know, five years, three years before that, when I was in 250A. I never pushed myself to that level. Yeah. Because I was pushing what I thought was the peak of my levels. Yep, this is fast enough. Mm -hmm. You know, because I was always at the end of the season, you know, maybe a second or third or fourth overall 250A, and I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. You got to go a little bit further. Yeah. You got to push to that level of like, holy shit. But then you get comfortable at that level. Mm hmm where you don't make mistakes you you know racing there's going to be wrecks there's going to be crashes no matter what there's going to be wrecks and crashes when we're trail riding shit happens Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep but when you're i just wanted to i'm pretty sure i know the answer but just for the general masses and my own personal when you're saying that you're watching like the pros you know what i mean the guys in front of you that are faster where they're braking where they're accelerating you like are you making that mental note of like, oh, at that rock, he started checking up or he started accelerating or that tree? My or best. are you just like trying to judge based off of like that speed gap between you? That day, that was my best overall. I'd been plenty of 250B for seconds, top five, no problem. 250A, no problem. Lots of top three finishes, so on and so forth. But that day, and I hadn't even been riding hard for two years, I pushed and I mimicked exactly what Schmelzy was doing. So if he was accelerating and, and was slightly pulling away and I still had throttle, I put it to the, put it to the lock so I could catch or start 
where he wasn't pulling away anymore. And we broke out of some trees. I remember one time we broke out of trees, and that was another thing, confidence. I used to ask an old double-A pro buddy of mine, Scott Stretch, how the fuck do you know? How the fuck do you know there isn't, like, when we were racing the National down in, in Arizona, it's on this skinny-ass Razorback. And Scott Stretch came around me one, I let him through, and he's my He never let out as it came over the blind. He never let out. He was roosting like a motherfucker over the top. And some of them would do this, and do this, and do this. I'm like, how the fuck do you know there's a turn, it's going to turn on the other side? He goes, you don't. You just have to have the confidence to put your bike where the trail is. I got to take the league, you guys keep going. But yeah, that's, that's literally where I have that problem, too. Yeah. No, you, you've, you've got it already. Cause On a trail, I know. Well, we ride Albany at a time. That's why I'm fucking fast there. That's, that's like, home you, track advantage right there. <laughs> take yeah. me out to something I haven't rode, and I'm going to be checking up, you know, it's multiple right occasions. It's right here. It is, though, and it's like um, trust in your skills. I agree with that. Yeah, exactly. So when I first met Nicole, I totally met her by accident. Hello. Oh, my band. <laughs> and... Oh, <laughs> what a mess so yeah so I met Nicole Bradford completely by accident just got to ride with her just asked can I ride with you didn't know who she was uh, but so obviously right off the rip extremely fast okay. and I had to push myself to 100% of my abilities before getting totally dangerous to even begin to keep up and I was kind of reaching the same thing that you were talking about earlier where you think you're riding to the maximum of your abilities. Guess what? You're not. You You're can not. ride so much faster than you think you can. A lot faster. And that was an instant refresher to tell me I can push a lot harder than I think I am. If I'm riding and I'm not kind of getting out of breath, I'm probably not pushing hard enough exactly. because there's, that means that you're pushing yourself just beyond the limits to where you're making tiny mistakes and you need that energy. Mm -hmm. So that was a big step for me to realize how much faster I could, I could push myself. And then once I started pushing myself faster, I realized that I didn't necessarily have to think about the trail quite as much as I was. And if I just stayed loose on top of the bike and let the bike do its thing, mm -hmm. everything would be all right. Exactly. You know, I could make those tiny mistakes and I could recover from those tiny mistakes without impacting my mental game. You hit those little things, the bike straightens back out, you're good to go. And that almost builds confidence when you hit those little fuck ups and you take them in stride. Yeah. That was that, that was big for me. That I think is one thing I struggle with is that one little mistake kind of gets in your head when you're going fast through something that you normally don't go fast through and mm -hmm. then you push through it. Mm -hmm. And I I'm getting better at going faster through things. But that still, that little mistake, I think, still kind of messes me up longer than it should. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, I, for whatever reason, I don't know exactly what clicked. But it was just like what you were saying. That little mistake would freak me out. And now when I make that little mistake and I'm fine, it's kind of like a Bert Kreischer complex. You're yeah. like, oh, I haven't died yet. I'm okay. Let's yeah. go faster. Yeah. 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 And, it, and part of that, too, is relearning how to do things because me and Brian grew up as athletes like competing in wrestling and like pushing through that little mistake mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and getting better um, I went into the military and you got told like what to do and how to do it Yeah. and when you made the mistakes you beat yourself up mm -hmm. you kind of came back around and did better the next time but mm -hmm. now I'm like relearning back where I was at 18 15, 16 years old of like making small mistakes but having the confidence to push through it mm -hmm. and now I'm back at that now and it's, it's getting better and better but I'm getting older and older <laughs> but it, it yeah Eric I totally get that and I, I think that that click you're talking about will come back to me at some point that where I'm getting faster and faster through stuff and making those small mistakes but being able to have that confidence to keep pushing. Yeah. 
And that's that's something you don't hear a lot people talk about on dirt bikes. And like racers or just riders mm -hmm. of like the mental aspect of being on this machine that can hurt you but at the same time it's the input of throttle clutch brakes that you're putting into it and then having the confidence to know that okay i'm gonna go as fast as i can through here and there might be something on the other side but i have the confidence to get it back on trail and keep yeah. going yeah you know one thing that i only just found out in nashville which told yourself this a million times everybody's told you this a million times is look far enough ahead in the trail don't watch in front of your tire right mm. you can tell yourself that all day i still find myself watching too close and one of the giant things that helped me out was riding at night i put the headlight on my helmet you only have so much air that you can focus on on the trail right so you can't put it too close in front of your tire like you want to watch right yeah. but you shouldn't be so you have to point it out exactly as far as you want to go and it's really obvious if you point it close you're going to ride slow if you point it out as far as you need it you're going to ride fast and then once you only focus on that exact area where your headlight is it really teaches you this is where i need to be looking and it made a huge difference mm -hmm. in just my understanding of where i should be looking and it kind of retrained me to to look out far yeah enough. We started doing a lot of night rides since we got up to Wyo. Mm -hmm. um, I've noticed a huge difference, even though the stock headlight sucks. Just being able to like have a headlamp. Yeah. So I only ran it on my head. Yeah. Uh, I have a 2001. Yeah. You don't. I don't have you a don't, You don't. I have just a ran it on, on my helmet. So being able i know what you're talking about like being able to focus on that area you want to look at and you choose that area too yeah and that's part of my problem too is me is i sometimes i look too close to the fender and i'm not focused ahead of me i'll still do it oh yeah it doesn't oh, yeah. matter how the good you are i still do it yeah. especially when you get into like the thick of some shit you tend to pick obstacle by obstacle mm -hmm. instead of looking at it as a whole mm -hmm. and being mm -hmm. like how can i get through that part with enough momentum to that one that's gonna fuck me up yeah and keep moving you know what mm -hmm. i mean like it's that looking further ahead i got that really early on in life because of mountain biking and dirt jumping and stuff like i had no choice but to you look ahead when you got jumping and watch your landing yeah yeah 100 percent and so it's a matter of like, yeah, looking ahead. Looking ahead's yeah. huge in this sport. If so, you're staring off your fender, you're in shit. Yeah, it's really shitty. So we're going to split this episode. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then probably get into some more shit that the LBMC is up to Fuck recently. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that'll probably be 30 minutes, but we're going to take a break right now and get back to the LBMC. Snack time. Yeah. Pretty much.